You are listening to Survival A to Z, the podcast. Strategies to thrive from business for life. I give my guests a list of words based on what I know about them and they select two or three to talk about. And in this case, podcaster Emma Guns even added to the list. She joked that she really wished I'd given her feck as a choice, which made me curious. This episode is therefore called Feck and Other Musings. I think we should just jump right in, don't you? And then we had a last word that we were just discussing, a good <laughs> Irish word there, Emma, uh, which was feck. So tell me this. You said, <laughs> I wish that you'd put feck on the list because I would have chosen feck. So tell me why would you have chosen feck, feckers, or oh, fecking, well, it's... or anything else? <laughs> well, it's because... Um... It's because as as we were uh, queuing up this podcast, I think I made a mistake and I said, oh, the fecking microphone's not working. I just feel uh, as somebody who has been called intense and maybe expresses themselves too strongly, <laughs> feck is just a nice, it's just a softer way. <laughs> if you call someone a fecking Egypt, then they, not, they might not take as much offense. <laughs> also, I don't, I don't uh, encourage saying that in the workplace. Um, <laughs> Well, I just think feck is a good swear word. It's not actually a swear word, you know. I mean, in Ireland, we can use that on the television. Can you? Mm-hmm. What's the meaning? So it's not... Okay, so it's, I just thought it was... It's with an E and not with a, the U. It's not an accent, it's a spelling. So right. feck is F-E-C-K and the other is F-U-C-K. And feck is an expletive but it's not considered a swear word. Well, what's the meaning? It's not dissimilar to F-U-C-K. Okay. <laughs> that's what I mean. But so it if doesn't, I went back it doesn't to my mean family a sexual, home. It doesn't mean a sexual act. Oh, I see. So if I went back to my family home, I could say feck in front of my father, whereas he has never heard me swear. Yeah, you could absolutely. Like a... Well, I mean, I don't know if he would like it, but you could definitely then have to explain to him. So it has <laughs> the energy of the other without the without the meaning of the other does that make sense yeah because i i mean you you probably heard i mean there are many famous people in the media who are known for giving the hair dryer treatment i'm sure it's not just the media but you know people who just shout in your face yeah and i mean maybe this is why i'm sensitive to criticism Uh, (laughs) but who just will tear you a new one in your face with high volume and bad breath and yeah, if that if I could replay those memories back and substitute the F word for feck, I think they wouldn't be so traumatizing. Yeah, I think that's true. I think it's also it's a softer, it's Irish, so it's a softer thing anyway. And you think of yeah, you feck and Egypt. Um mm. but it it isn't as cruel, perhaps. Yeah. Although I think honestly, I think a lot of people use the other word so liberally now that it doesn't really it doesn't really mm-hmm. have a meaning there's a wonderful Richard Pryor um do you know Richard Pryor the, the American comedian yeah the comedian yeah yeah um yeah. so he has a most wonderful stand-up if you can find it um about the F-U-C-K version and that he doesn't understand why this would be a swear word because surely it's a nice thing I mean mm-hmm. you know I mean if you if you take if you take that word in its meaning, it should be quite a nice thing. So, hmm. you know, so is it an invitation? <laughs> like if you say to somebody, feck you, is it okay? <laughs> if you're up for it. 
it's a, it's a, it's a, it, he does that stand up for like 15 minutes. It is, it is properly hilarious. So, uh, sounds yeah. like something that would take up HR's time. <laughs> yes, indeed. You can have a full I'm, explanation. <laughs> I'm curious. You're a real mine of information. Like, I've learned so much in this conversation, which is always the way when I chat to you. Um, but do you ever recommend or have you read any books on business that you would recommend? Because even though we've talked about three words in this particular conversation, I feel as though I've got to really mine your expertise. And I wonder if that's just experience or if there are any source materials that you would recommend for someone like me who wants to sort of understand a bit more about what you know and how you've learned it. To be honest with you, Emma, most of it is experience. Most mm. of it I've lived. Like I've actually lived mm. this, you know, and discovered it as I've grown as a human being as a result of being in business. You know, at first I thought, uh, at first I was embarrassed to say that I was in business. I didn't own the word entrepreneur for like 10 years. What was the reason for that? Because prior to that, I'd been in politics and in broadcasting and in academia and business to me felt somewhat grubby or something. I wasn't quite sure. Aggressive and grubby. And I was also right. very, very stressed. So uh, because I had no money and uh, we were broke all the time. We were like church mice. And I and I was always living on the edge of of going under or making a success. I never quite knew what any day was going to bring. Right. So I was okay. just traumatized at this <laughs> thought of business. And it was only as I grew in the business and the business grew around me and I had to learn all these disciplines and things, ways of being to help the business survive. And as I did that, realized that I too was growing as a person, that mm -hmm. I was becoming more understanding, more flexible, um, you know, more creative, hopefully, hopefully a little bit more supportive of people, just that I was becoming less focused on how difficult it was for me and more focused on how we could get to the goal by kind of looking out rather than in. Um, mm. And so getting past that super, super, super pressure. And part of how we could grow was because I got, I was able to start to see that, that um, actually it wasn't just not all about me. It wasn't even nearly all about me. Do you know what I mean? And that my stress mm. was, was only, my focusing on my stress was only adding to the burden of the business and that I needed to step back and work out how to get past things, you know? And so I learned a lot of the tricks in that there, if you want to read a really good business book, there is one, it's quite heavy, but it's called the four disciplines of execution. And this was really amazing to me because, because this supported me in my theory that in actual fact, if you want a business to grow as my business and any of the things I've worked at have always been in high growth, um, you know, early stage high growth, that if you want something to grow, you, you can be informed by the past as a benchmark, but you must focus on the future. Mm. And that most businesses get very caught in trying to predict the future by saying this was the past two quarters therefore the next quarter will be x 
and mm. and therefore they could never get out of that hole that they were in uh, because what they really need to do is say that was the two quarters and this one's going to be different and we're going to have better growth because we're going to do something different we're going to do something new we're going to learn not to do that thing we're going to learn to move over here um and learning that that I wasn't the only person who felt like that was really, really, <laughs> it was a great relief because I, because I felt I must be doing something so wrong because I realized I, I was having to learn to be incredibly flexible around, um, around what our next strategic development would be. Um, mm. and so, so that's one. And another one that I'm looking at up here, I'm just going to get the right exact name for it, is the 48 laws of power. Oh, 48. The 48 laws of power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. It's, it's terrifying. And I, I, <laughs> it's terrifying. Oh, right. it's, it's too early, I think, to uh, talk about it in this context necessarily. But even as you were saying that, I wondered whether what we'll see in a couple of years or in time to come post-COVID-19 and the lockdown and obviously the devastating effect it's having on business and the economy I wonder whether there will be some really interesting business strides or people who emerge who really have navigate this well or um, if there are some really big learnings. There always is a key learning, right, from something as huge yeah. as this. And I wonder what that might look like, just from what you were saying then. I suspect that what, that what we will learn and what business will have to adapt to is that we have changed our habits, that the world on lockdown it takes 21 days to change a habit. Habits change and the world will need to adapt to those changing habits. The world of commerce will need to adapt to those changing habits because I suspect some people will, of course, just like cannot wait to get back to the pub. But um, but a lot of people will have learned, you know, I don't need to go to the pub as much. I don't need to go to restaurants as much. I, I am can be more independent and self-sufficient. Um, and I don't need to consume as much, which means that what we offer to consume, what the things that we make would need to be really relevant and useful, um, as opposed to just lots of flaff. If you think of the amount of plastic in the last 20 years that has been created for absolutely no purpose other than a momentary glance, mm. I suspect that a lot of that will go you know i'm really interested in how it will affect the nine to five because if people are working from home and being productive as productive as they would be if they were going to the office in central london with the huge rent who's going to go and sit on a commuter train and with their face in someone's armpit yeah well indeed and uh, and risk getting sick to be as productive as they have them from home in their comfy clothes <laughs> do you know what i mean i think it i think it will be i think It'll be for some people, it could be difficult to go back to. Yes, I think that there's, I think it'll be very difficult for anybody to go back to that. I mean, some people. Because you'll question it now. You'll question commuting. You'll question things now that you would never have thought to question. Mm -hmm. I remember about 10 years ago um, when I started to be flung all around the planet for the business. And I mean, literally just flung all over the planet and, and in a very cavalier fashion. Oh, well, Alison can go to that in. Dusseldorf. Oh, well, Alison can three days later be in New York. Oh, well, Alison can three days after that be in LA, whatever it is. Um, 
and I remember I remember having to stop and say to the guys do you think I'm a robot or do you think I'm a human being flesh and blood um, and I demanded that that if I if they were going to do all this that that everything was going to be done business as in I was going to travel in business or I wouldn't be doing it because actually the extra cost of business truly reflected the extra cost to my body of having to do all that. Um, and I think that there probably will be a similar awakening for many people. Maybe it's not flinging all over the planet, but flinging all over London or flinging all over the mm -hmm. country or flinging on and off planes or, or, I mean, definitely plane travel is going to take a major I just so I mean I can't even imagine how how do you get back into a busy airport? Does anybody want to? I some people mm -hmm. want to go on holidays, but like, do are executives really going to be willing to to step on those planes and do you know seven hour journeys and all the rest? I I I, I agree with you. I think there's going to be massive changes, and those will be changes of working style. And then the businesses mm. that are really clever are the businesses who are going to support that. Yeah. Who understand how to support that and understand how mm. to support what's important to us, which, as you said, is human contact, but not necessarily all the time the contact that's in work, that that doesn't become the only human contact that you have. Mm. Because it is very difficult, I'm sure, for people who are used to going in and out to an office where they see people for eight hours a day and then suddenly they see no one. And I think for a lot of people who are going through that, they're probably sitting back and thinking, do I have my priorities right? You know? Yeah. Did I substitute, have I, am I sacrificing my personal relationships? <laughs> to your point, am I sacrificing my personal relationships for a job for which I don't even understand the purpose? Mm. But I get lots of money. So what, what can you spend it on anyway? You know, it's, I think it's, it's a black swan event, isn't it? It's like, you could never have imagined that. Well, actually that's not particularly true because you, this has been predicted, but. But I don't think you could ever imagine the, uh, shutting down the world, for, sh shutting down 4.5 billion people mm. all at the same time. I mean, the impact it's having on the planet is just fantastic. It's inspiring, isn't it? It's inspiring. I mean, it makes me so excited. I, I actually, I'm old enough to remember when the world was like that in my childhood, and mm. and I and I remember, I remember thinking, you know, in the past, I'm just making that up. The skies were not bluer when I was smaller, you know, when I was when I was a little girl. The skies were not bluer. The world was not quieter. You know, there weren't more rabbits and animals and squirrels and all of that. And I think I was correct. I think there were all those things. I was watching David Attenborough last night, bless him, global treasure. And um, and he was saying that, in fact, it is true. The birds are singing louder because they're happier. Because we all buggered off. Can mm. you imagine what the birds must be saying? They must be saying, where did they go? I don't know. Like, do you think they're coming back? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I went for a walk in the woods this morning and I heard this noise. And my first thought was, oh my gosh, it's a predator, which obviously can't be the case because a predator is an alien. 
but it was a woodpecker. Oh. And it was a similar noise. Yeah. It was a similar, I, was, I took a little video because I was like, oh my God, there's a predator. We need Arnie. Yeah. I nearly, I nearly dived headfirst into a pond of cold mud so that I wasn't, he wouldn't see me. But, um, but yeah, I was like, I've never, I've, I'm sure the woodpecker's always made noise, but I've never been A, around to hear it or B, been inclined to perhaps because yeah. I've just been in my own world. No, and, and you probably haven't actually heard it. It's probably been drowned out by everything else. You know, that's the thing. We're not getting drowned out. And maybe in a big kind of marshmallowy thought, maybe not getting drowned out anymore means that all the consciousness will float to the top and good things will happen because we'll not mm -hmm. be squashed down anymore by noise and speed and imposition of just too many bodies upon us. Mm. maybe if I'm hopeful we will start to lift our heads above the parapet and go we quite like this let's try to keep this well one word I really don't like is should because I feel that the second you use the word should it implies like I should do this there's something quite negative about that because you don't really want to or I should do this because it's a duty or I should it's a burden or something and all of our shoulds have been or many of our shoulds have disappeared, have evaporated. Our, our main should is, I should stay at home. I should stay or, at home. It doesn't need to be a should, it's just I'm staying at home. Yeah, but all of our shoulds yeah. have um, gone. That's so true, Emma. That is so true, they have. Which is probably why I'm really quite enjoying it, if it wasn't for the fact that mm. I can't see my kids and my grandchild, which is so yeah, frustrating. But, uh, but, you know... I think I think the should though that we must take on board is we should protect this this progress. Actually, this is mm. progress for the planet. This yeah, is progress, and we should protect it and not discard it as quickly as we possibly can, like they're doing in Georgia. Mm. You know, um, we should we should really respect the opportunity that has been handed to us on a plate mm. on a plate yeah um and protect that and respect it and try to we need to get greta do you think we could get a three-way with greta <laughs> uh podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes emma um <laughs> sorry um i uh, i doubt it truthfully uh, but we can try I would love to hear what try. she, in her very curious position as such a young person with so little experience, but yet so much experience and so mm. much determination. Um, I would be curious to hear what she feels we should do next. It's not that we would necessarily have to follow what she says, but it wouldn't it be interesting to hear what young people think should be the next move. You know, the thing that I found um, uh, really fascinating that really stopped me on my tracks yesterday, um, obviously the air is cleaner, like even in London, I'm on the outskirts, but it's like alpine fresh air and the sky does look bluer and there are, like the sky at night is so much clearer. But I was listening to something yesterday and apparently um, seismologists have noted that there is far less seismic activity. 
So even though there was an earthquake uh, in LA, I think two days ago or yesterday, but the seismic activity around the world has is markedly reduced. And it's because there isn't, uh, there's not uh, traffic on the road, there's no rumbling on the road, there's no planes landing, there's none of this Constant impact. Banging. Impact yeah. is really... Um, yeah. Yeah. And we're all and not so and we're all not jumping around as much. Yeah. The world has stopped vibrating. Yeah. Mm. We're not jumping around. You know, like we as in seven billion people aren't constantly walking around yeah. on top of it. Um mm. which is you know, which is fascinating. Yeah. Wow. So interesting. So there we go. I've learned so fecking much, Alison. Well, I've had a fecking great time. So thank you so much. Aggressive, grubby business, entrepreneurship, personal growth, seeing into the future, working from home, staying healthy, taking a stand for yourself, waking up to what you actually need and how all that is going to affect our planet. And Greta, I want to have a chat with Greta and other little Gretas because I am hopeful they just might be able to show us the way. This is the Survival A to Z podcast. My guest was the lovely Emma Guns. I'm Alison Hogg. Till next time. Go for a walk and enjoy our cleaner planet. Long may it last.